Welcome to episode 14 of Degrassi Talks. Degrassi Talks, Degrassi Sings. We're not alone, let's do this together. Degrassi Talks. After a week off, we are back once again. Uh, we had some scheduling issues last week, plus we were all spoiled for the finale anyway, so there wasn't really much point. Um, so we decided to skip a week, but we are back again. And our discussion this week focuses primarily on the finale, Drop the World, of course. Um, we'll be giving our thoughts on what has happened between Eli and Claire, as well as what we're looking forward to in Season 11. And we'll also be talking a little bit about Monroe and Melinda's work for Kids Help Home. So first off, since we've been away for a couple weeks, uh, how have you guys been lately? Been good. Um, had some family stuff. You know, Easter was yesterday. Um, we're recording on Monday for anybody who doesn't know. Um, so it's been good. Nice to see family again. Ashley? Um, yeah, it's been uh, quite busy, I guess, on the weekends for me. I've had job interviews, and I did first aid training one weekend, which is really, really tiring. Um, but, you know, during the week, just my normal, going to school and all that fun stuff. What about you, Erin? I've had job interviews as well, and I've got two more, actually. And I am finally done school, so oh, nice. it's a big relief. <laughs> Congrats. <laughs> Done school forever, or at least in the short term. I don't know. I could go back one day, I suppose. But for now, I'm done, and I'm looking for a job. So, pretty exciting. <laughs> so, we've got some uh, great feedback this week from a few of our listeners. Um, this email comes from Kara, Kara, who writes, In episode 13 of Degrassi Talks, you compared Eli to Bobby and other abusive characters. You said that you don't think Eli would ever become abusive towards Claire, but if you watch Jesus Etc. Part 1, where Claire is talking to Fitz at the dot, Eli comes in and pushes Claire out of the way and then tries to pull her out of the dot by the arm. And if you listen to Fiona's deposition, she claims that at first Bobby would just shove her or pull her. I see that if Claire was to keep talking to Fitz or doing things that made Eli unhappy, he would go as far as to hurt her. So, what are your guys' thoughts on this, especially in light of what's happened in the finale? Yeah, I definitely think Kara has a point here. Um, she, you know, it was definitely more prominent, obviously, in, in part two of Drop the World, but um, Eli, I think, definitely has the makings of potentially being abusive. I mean, I don't think he would do it ever intentionally because, obviously, he's so obsessed with Claire. Um, but, you know, it definitely wouldn't, be like a, a, a surprise to me if he, if it ever really got that far. What do you guys think? Um, yeah, I think I agree with you, Bianca. Um, I don't think that he would do it on purpose. I think that if he ever would, you know, physically um, abuse Claire, I think it would kind of be like, you know, in a rage of him, you know, not getting something that he wanted or, you know, having like a panic attack or something like that. Um, I, I don't think he would do it on purpose. Well, even if he's in a rage, though, I mean, that doesn't mean that he's not still at fault. Yeah, right? no, no, no. I mean, oh, definitely not. Yeah. It's hard to explain. Like, you know, like, he he doesn't really want to do it, but it's I just... I think that... A, it's one of I those... Think that go ahead. A lot of <laughs> I think that a lot of abusers still love the person that they abuse, though. 
Yeah, it's as almost mean, as if they they yeah. love them too much or something. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure. I'm not like an expert or anything. Right. Um, but I think. Uh, when I said that I didn't think that Eli was abusive in the previous uh, podcast, it wasn't really that I don't consider some of Eli's behaviors to be symptoms of potential abuse, because I think that um, the person who wrote uh, this email is absolutely correct. Um, it's more that Eli and Claire are so popular as a relationship that I didn't actually see the writers going in that direction. You know, like some people will support Eli and Claire forever. So if they were to make Eli into an abusive character you kind of run the risk of sending the wrong message to the fans. And, um, I mean, maybe that is what happened, and I'm sure we'll discuss more of this later when we get to the episode, but it's definitely interesting, for sure. So, before we get into the episode, then, I thought we could talk a little bit about Monroe and Melinda's work for Kids Help Phone. So for those of you who don't know, um, Monroe joined Melinda in a public service announcement for Kids Help Phone, which encourages Canadians to get involved in the 2011 Walk for Kids Help Phone. Kids Help Phone provides free counseling services for any uh, child or teenager across Canada, whether it be suicide, depression, uncertainty, new disorders, just like schoolwork, anything like that. And it really makes a difference in the lives of children and teenagers. So you can, I'm sure that most of you guys have already seen the public service announcement, but you can watch it on YouTube. And they've also been promoting Kids Help Phone for various interviews recently and stuff like that. So um, have you guys, well, Bianca specifically, because you're American, obviously, <laughs> um, had you ever heard of Kids Help Phone before? I'm curious. No, I have not. Um, never heard of it before. Um, I actually wikipedia it because I, I wasn't familiar at all of, of what it was about and um, the services that it offers you guys um, I think it's I think it's a great program um, and there really isn't like an American equivalent um, from what I know um, I mean there's um, sometimes they'll have PSAs like on on um, networks like TNIC on um, um, on like on like drug abuse and things like that, and places that and websites that people can go to, but never any like phone hotlines. Um, in in the states, we do have crisis hotline, which isn't specifically just for kids or teenagers. I think it's more so like a counseling for anybody that needs counseling. Um, but that's about as close as what we have to what you guys have. And but I think it's great that you guys have something like that because um, you know it's 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 an outlet for somebody that needs it, and you know if the more that something like this is in somebody's mind, you know, the more so that they'll turn to something like this and, you know, make use of it. So, um, you know, I think that's great you guys have it. The states should definitely adopt something like that. It's cool um, because, you know, Degrassi has done other things similar to Kids Help before. Like, they were also involved in the Love is Louder campaign earlier this year, they, and they were in the public service announcement for that, too. And then, obviously working with Free the Children, so um, I think it's cool that they're always getting involved in these organizations. Yeah, I actually just Googled, um, like, crisis hotlines specifically, and, you know, the States has, like, s like specific hotlines for, like, so there's mm -hmm. one for, there's an American hotline for LGBT teenagers if they need one, um, looks like it's called the Trevor Project, um, look, there's, like, um, National assault hotline, sexual assault hotline that um, the states people can call. So there's a few of them, but nothing like as broad and f and um, 
um, not as broad topics just for teenagers. So, if anyone, and I know that I know that Adamo was involved in the Trevor Project. And yeah, there is a PSA that he was in for that. Mm-hmm. Day, so, yeah, definitely. Um, I think that uh, the kids' health phone is so broad um, with all of the issues that they deal with. Um, so it's so great and it's anonymous. So I mean, you know, like they don't track your phone call. And I think it's great that um, definitely the actors and actresses of uh, Degrassi are promoting this, especially with, you know, all of the fan base that they have, which is, you know, um, young teenagers to young adults. So I think it's great that they're involved with that. You don't see very many other shows do as much as Degrassi does, I think, in terms of like getting involved mm-hmm. in the community and working with these types of organizations. So, and also Kids Help Phone. I mean, like the the mission of Kids Help Phone is very similar to the educational aspect of Degrassi, obviously. So it's it's kind of perfect, and I think it's pretty awesome that they're doing it. So hopefully, we get we get some more interviews and stuff with the cast. Uh, once the actual walk happens, which is May sometime, May 1st, I think. Oh, God, I um, feel bad if I'm getting that wrong, but... <laughs> <laughs> it's May 1st or May 3rd. I can't remember, because it's okay. in between the <laughs> election. Just okay, yeah, not the election day, yeah. but... <laughs> yeah, it's in between those days. I don't remember. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, let's talk about the episode, then, since it was such a huge episode... Um, obviously, the season 10 finale, Drop the World. Of course, everybody already knows the main plots focused on Eli and Claire's intense relationship, and we also got subplots with Casey and Jenna and Holly J, Sav, and Fiona. So, uh, what are what is your initial impression of Drop the World? Do you like it? I liked it. Um, it was, I was definitely shocked by it because I was one of the, you know, three people on, you know, in the Degrassi universe, I didn't read any spoilers or hear of any because I was so busy that week. Um, so I was actually kind of, you know, shocked. And, like, I'm actually really upset that other people didn't get that shock factor that I got because of all these spoilers. Um, but I, I, thought it, I thought it was really good overall. Um, I, I was happy with the episode. I, I was definitely happy with the way uh, Eli and Claire's storyline went. Um, and I was happy with Holly J and Fiona's storyline and Casey and Jenna's, um, but I didn't really like the way that Casey and Jenna's storyline was executed because it was kind of just like they wanted to get it done and over with. Yeah, I think so. I was, I was a little disappointed with all three of the storylines. I think that, um, the ending was really interesting and I thought it ended well and the acting was like, Monroe and Aislin did an amazing job in the episode, and um, that really helped it a lot, but I don't know, I think that part of the reason what, part of the reason that I was disappointed was the spoilers. Like, I wish that I wasn't spoiled. You know, I'm jealous of you, Bianca. Because <laughs> like, even, but even like last year, when Team Nick showed the car crash in like the original promo for this block of episodes, you know, as I was actually watching the car crash, I was like, well, I've already seen this. Like, I saw this months ago in the promo. Yeah. Like, you know, I think that Degrassi has, like, a serious problem with spoilers this season, and, um, actually, everybody should go and read Carrie's blog post about spoilers and about, uh, the use of Twitter at DegrassiBlog.com, because he wrote a really interesting article about it. 
and I completely agree with everything he said. It's become such, it, it's just really annoying, and I knew exactly what was going to happen, and pretty much seen the entire episode before the episode even aired, so. Yeah, yeah it's it's sad, it's sad really, you know, you know, you, you invest so much time in, you know, the show, and I mean, obviously it's not intentional that these people want to spoil the episodes, but I mean, when you have, like, previews, you know, shown four different ways from each network, from Much Music and from, you know, from Teen Nick, it's it's not hard to deduce what happens, um, especially when everything is so readily accessible online. I mean, yeah, sh- for sure, you know, Much Music you can only see in Canada and Teen Nick you can only see in the States, but it's not like we're not both, wa- it's not both sides aren't just watching one, you know, we're watching everything, you know, we see it all, so... Um, I mean, there either needs to be, um, th- I mean, there really, there's no either. They just need to stop spoiling things, because um, it's just, it's really gotten out of hand. Well, and once something is leaked, too, it's impossible to stop it, just yeah. because everything is so immediate. Like, you know, one person tweets it, and then it's everywhere, so. Yeah, especially, yeah, especially since, like, Degrassi has such a big Twitter fandom, um, just kind of gets out, and everybody watches it, and it's just, it's all, it's everywhere. Yeah, you can't stop no. it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's first talk about the Eli and Claire storyline, of course, because everybody's freaking out over it. <laughs> um, how did you guys uh, feel about how Claire handled the situation? Um, I definitely... I definitely admired the way she handled it, actually. I mean, it's kind of like a double-edged sword because, you know, Eli... I mean, there's that, you can tell that there's just something wrong with Eli. And on one hand, you want to be like, okay, Eli, you want to be like, Claire, you know, get away from this guy, he's crazy. But on the other hand, you, you want to be like, wait, Claire, maybe you shouldn't leave him because if you leave him, he'll do something even more crazy, you know? Um, at the end of the day, you know, obviously she left him. Um... And I was actually ha- happy about that. I mean, I don't know. Like, I'm still torn about it. Like, I'm happy, but I'm kind of worried for Eli at the same time. Because I feel like he's just really going to go off the deep end during this, br- a.k.a. spring break. And um, just going to open a whole can of worms in the next season. Yeah, most likely. <laughs> I guess I'm still confused as to what is actually wrong with Eli. Like, people tend to excuse his behavior by saying that he's sick or he has some kind of mental illness, which is probably true. But, you know, we don't actually know, like, exactly what mental illness this is or anything like that. Like, we know that he's a hoarder and we know that he has OCD. But, like, lots of people have OCD. That doesn't mean that they're, like, crashing their cars, right? (laughs) So, you know, I wish... That I don't think that it needs to be like diagnosed immediately or anything like that. I mean, obviously, there are a lot of kids who have mental illnesses that go undiagnosed for a very long time. But I don't think you can be like, oh, well, he's mentally ill and that makes everything okay kind of argument. Like, you know, exactly what is wrong with them. Degrassi has never really said. Like, it's just kind of been a bit ambiguous. Okay, I'll keep going. <laughs> um, and... <laughs> In terms of uh, Claire specifically, I loved her in this episode. Um, this is actually probably one of my favorite Claire episodes because I really I felt bad for her. I completely understood the awkward 
terrible position she was put in. And, you know, like I said earlier, I thought that Aislinn did an amazing job um, just showing her emotions and what she was going through. And um, I thought that she did everything right, and I thought she set a great example. And even things like when she went to Eli's dad about the gun instead of going to the school, like, even that, I... I totally agree with what she did there, and, um, yeah, loved her. Yeah, no, Aislinn was phenomenal in this episode. She was really great, you know, Monroe, too. Um, and I definitely agree with her, um, with her going to, what is it, Bullfrog? Bulltoad? Bull, bullfrog. <laughs> bullfrog. <laughs> it's, just, it's just weird whenever Eli calls his dad Bullfrog. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> um... You know, I definitely agree with what she did there. But, I mean, like, are you guys, like, are you guys afraid for Eli? I mean, I know Eli's not exactly either of your favorite characters. But, I mean, like, I, I just have, like, a real worry for him that, like, you know, she's leaving him. There's something really, really wrong with him. And she's leaving him in in a really, really messed up seat. I don't know. What do you yeah, guys Yeah, I am, I am worried about him. Um, I'm just kind of confused as to, like, what direction they're going to take with his character. Um, you know, like, are they actually going to go with the mental illness route? Or are they just going to keep him as, like, like kind of mysterious bad boy type? Um, I'm, I'm really not sure. I've yeah, I mean, I think they have to. <laughs> mm-hmm. In terms of, like, the storylines for season 11 so far, like, that we've heard about and stuff, I don't, I don't know what they're going to do with Eli, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, d- I do feel bad for him. I mean, I feel bad for him, but I think it's time for him to, you know, um, figure out what his problems are if he hasn't figured them out yet um, and deal with them because I think Claire is willing to stay with him if he is willing to um, not change himself, but to maybe figure out what's wrong with him so he doesn't act out and go and crash his car. Um, I, I, <laughs> I don't know. I Like, I mean, I was so happy that they broke up because I think that they kind of needed a break from each other. Um, and I loved that scene when, you know, Claire and Allie are at the front of the school and Claire says, you know, I want to dance right now, or at least I'm going to try to dance. Um and I know a lot of people totally hated that scene, um, but I, I loved it because kind of just Claire was getting her independence back already um, without having to deal with Eli. Yes, that scene was spot on for me. Like, I was so happy that um, the last scene of season 10 was a, a Claire and Allie scene as opposed to, like, a scene with one of the relationships on the show. Um I, I just adore every Claire and Allie scene, and uh, this one in particular, like, you know, friends first, boyfriend second, that's what I think. <laughs> yeah. I, like, what bothered me about this, though, was, like, the timeline of everything. So, mm-hmm. like, they're at the dance, and then she, she, they're obviously in the middle of the dance, and, you know, she calls Eli, he gets into the accident. He proceeds to get into the accident, and then be hospitalized, and then allowed visitors while the dance was still going on, and then, yeah, exactly. and then Claire had time to go back to the dance and then resume dancing. I just thought that was funny because, um, I mean, obviously the, the timeline was kind of off, but, I mean, I guess they had to do it to 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 get that end scene, which, you know, you guys liked. 
Um, so, yeah, just, you know, the timing kind of bothered me a little bit, but. Yeah, me too. That that doesn't really make sense. <laughs> think that. That's TV for <laughs> you, know, though. Yeah, with Tagasi, you have to let these things slide, I suppose. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, Alright, so. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. No, no, that's okay. Um, oh, yeah. I was wondering, just because back on the E. Claire storyline, mm -hmm. um, like, do you guys think that Claire was was insensitive? Because, you know, I mean, you know, Eli was, like, on, because I don't know, I, I guess I, I'm, like, on a different route than you guys are. Yeah. Like, he, <laughs> you know, like, he's, I mean, obviously, you know, there's something wrong there, and, like, he was hurt and willing to hurt himself and possibly others, you know, for her. Um... You know, did did you guys feel that Clara was kind of like insensitive to his feelings, or did did she like need to do it? No, I don't. I don't think she was insensitive at all. I mean, um, earlier in the episode when she has this line where she says, "I don't know what he'd do if I ended it," like that is just that screams creepy to me. <laughs> like the fact that she is actually like afraid to break up with him because she's worried that he might hurt himself or hurt someone else. In my opinion, that's not a reason to not break up with somebody that is a reason to, you know, well, get them help, but also get out of that relationship because it's a very scary situation to be in. Right. And um, I think with Eli being in the hospital, obviously, and his parents were there, um, there wasn't really much that Claire could have done at that point. And actually, I think getting out of the relationship would actually be better if Eli, Eli in the long term, because otherwise he just she'd just be enabling this behavior. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think them breaking up was good for him in the sense that maybe, you know, he'll realize that he was, you know, suffocating Claire, and maybe he'll, you know, maybe come around and not be so suffocating towards her if they get back together. So what are you guys' thoughts on, like, the Eli and Julia mentions in the episode? Because they seemed to, Julia seemed to be pretty important in the first part, but then, like, had nothing to do with the second part. I know a lot of people were kind of disappointed in that. So, what do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, I guess, I mean, you know, Julia's death is really not much they can bring up on that. Um, I wasn't surprised that she really didn't have a big part in it, you know, because what kind of part could she have had, you know? Yeah, people's expectations for that were probably a little too high. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I still kind of wish that Julia was Eli's sister or his mother or something like that as opposed to his girlfriend. I think it would have been better, but, um, you know, okay. Oh, yeah. Um, but, like, I think that everybody thought that um, Julia would be mentioned a lot in the episode or would have a huge significance because... Um, the date on the episode or whatever was the date of her, like, first anniversary's death, and I think that it wasn't really dealt with at all. Yeah, it was a bit overhyped, the whole, um, having it on the same day as her death thing. So, and nothing really came of it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's true. Did you guys find the uh, gun part where Eli shoots her picture and then has the gun in his car? Do you find that creepy or funny? Because some people found it really funny. 
I thought that was real creepy, actually. Yeah. I was like, what, like, I mean, he just completely blamed somebody, one who's dead, I find that completely disrespectful to the deceased. Um, <laughs> um, and two, it, like, I just, it just further, further the, further the, you know, it's more, f- you know, facts that, you know, Eli, there's something wrong with Eli, because who goes out into the woods and, you know, shoots pictures of dead people, you know what I mean? I mean, maybe that's just me, but, um, you know, I thought that was <laughs> kind of creepy. Yeah, no, I agree with you, Bianca. I thought it was creepy, too. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It was just... I don't even know, like... <laughs> I still just can't understand what's going on in Eli's head, and if he really is sick, which it seems that way, like, what exactly is wrong with him, yeah. you know? So that's kind of my dilemma. But I thought we could also um, maybe talk about the kind of, uh, what I see at least, as some sort of anti-Eclair backlash in the fandom these days. You know, because obviously you have um, many people who love Eli and Claire, and then many people who give the Eli and Claire fans a hard time. (laughs) So, um... Do you guys think that there is is this anti Eli and Claire backlash uh, amongst the fans nowadays? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think you know, I think the majority of the fandom you know does enjoy Eli does enjoy Eli and Claire, um, and I think there's also the, the people that just don't want to follow and just you know don't like Eclair just for the sake of it and just don't want and not want to be one of those people. Um, you know, which is fair too. You know, um, you know, you're gonna have people that like them and people that hate them. Um, but yeah, I mean, pretty pretty standard in any popular relationship, you know, worlds. I guess you can say. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Um, more recently, I've been like, you know, seeing people who hate Claire now, which is kind of funny to me. Um, because I totally agreed with what she did, and there's lots of people who totally hate what she's done, so I find that a little bit weird. I haven't really seen a lot of Eclair haters ever, and I don't know, maybe it's because of the people that I follow, but I don't see a lot of Eclair haters, to be honest with you. I think it's mostly, um, like, the old fans who maybe just like Eli and Claire. Because it has a lot to do with the fact that there are so many new fans now who started watching Degrassi because of Eli or because of Monroe. And then you have the old fans who have been watching for like 10 or more years, right? Like long before Monroe even started Mm -hmm. acting, let alone got a part on Degrassi. And, you know, I think that a lot of the old fans feel like Degrassi was just as good or if not better before Eli and Claire were on the show. So there's like a little bit of uh, resentment there. And, um, you know, some people do the whole, like, oh, I've loved Degrassi the longest, so therefore I'm the one true fan kind of kind of thing, like I knew Degrassi first or something, um, which isn't really relevant, but I think there is a bit of conflict there sometimes. Yeah, definitely. I, I just, it just, that kind of brings me back to, um, to Carrie's, you know, March Madness couple couple elimination thing Mm -hmm. and um i remember at one point i got so angry because like all like the new couples were like 
useless new couples like, and I'm sorry, Ash, Dr. Chris, and Anya, <laughs> like beat out, beat out like um, a lot of the old couples. And it, it kind of got me mad because like, you know, it's bringing it back to like the old versus new um, battle, you know. And um, I'm definitely a culprit. I've definitely, you know, been caught a couple of times tweeting, you know, we're all the old fans, you know, like, not that we're the true fans, but, you know, we've, like, we've been around the longest, um, so I'm not going to deny that, but yeah, that just brings me back to that old versus new fans. Um, in the end, it really doesn't matter, you know, we're fans all the same, so, but, you know, that does tend to happen. Yeah, I mean, I love Degrassi for, like, the message that it sends. I love it because I think that it's a good show. I don't really watch it for any one specific character anymore because, you know, since I started watching, there's been, like, 60 characters brought through. So, um, you know, there there isn't, like, one relationship that I'm um, really obsessed with the way that maybe it is for um, some Eli and Claire fans. But, I mean, I think that most Eli and Claire fans appreciate Degrassi for what it is and you know, overall, they're Degrassi fans. So, you know, one of us. We're all on the same team here. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> okay, so let's move on to the Jenna and Casey storyline. There wasn't much to it. They had, like, three scenes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but wh- what did you guys uh, think about how the, the birth of Jenna and Casey's baby, how it was handled? I actually liked it. Yeah, guys, I actually liked Akisi and Jenna Block. I think it's because, I think it's for the reasons that you guys hate it. Because, like, yeah, like you know, you, you guys, I think, I think, Ash, you mentioned that, you know, uh, you didn't like it because it was, you know, it was executed poorly. And I think that's why I liked it, because it was executed so poorly. And because I just don't care what happens. Like, I just wanted it to be, you know, her pop out the baby, done, that's it. That's exactly what happened. So, um, um, you know, I was pleased nonetheless, and I liked. I actually thought it was funny when um, Casey was handcuffed to Bianca the whole time, and like they're like running in the hospital, and she like has a baby in her hands, and you know, <laughs> there's Bianca handcuffed to you know my baby's daddy, <laughs> you know. Yeah, it just added to the ridiculousness. Of the <laughs> yeah, no, seriously. Yeah. Okay. Right. Well, I obviously was disappointed with it. Um, it it wasn't. It sort of reminded me of when Liberty had her baby, and that was a subplot too. And I, I remember back in season five, um, a lot of people, including myself, were all really upset that it was just a subplot and that there was just like one quick little scene, and then she like gives the baby away, and that's it. Um, I mean, obviously, they haven't given the baby away here, but, um, you know, I I would think that the birth of a child would be, you know, a bit more significant than, like, you know, one scene. And also, the other weird thing, too, was that, like, Jenna had her baby in, like, record time. Like, it's like, she wasn't in labor at all. It's like, Casey gets to the hospital and the baby's already born. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, you know, it's not a very accurate portrayal of, like, what pregnancy is really like, you know. Right. I didn't. I just felt like they haven't been taking this storyline seriously at all since the beginning. Well, not since the beginning, but since the, the second half of season ten, particularly. And so that's why it was uh, disappointing to me. 
What about you? Um, yeah, I definitely agree with you, Erin. Um, like the uh, JT and Liberty storyline where they did, like, you know, the birth um, music montage. Um, yeah. <laughs> I didn't I didn't like that, but I was glad to have the whole birth storyline done and over with um, because I was kind of getting tired of it. And I know that she was probably pregnant in real time for, like, you know, regular time, but in Degrassi land, it seemed like she was pregnant for five years. Um, so I was kind of glad that she was, you know, the baby's been had and everything. Um, but yeah, no, I'm just, it was just so fast and it went by really fast and I wasn't really happy with that, but I'm glad the baby's out. <laughs> well, yeah, me too. Like, I would be disappointed if they kept her pregnant and she yeah. and like, you know, move the story along yeah. already. Um, <laughs> um, but go ahead, Ashley. I think that also one of the main things that has bothered me with this storyline, especially in the past few episodes, is like why there hasn't been any discussion about adoption. Like, you know, it wasn't even mentioned once. And, you know, I mean, they brushed abortion off pretty fast, like in the original episode when she found out she was pregnant. That wasn't really surprising. I don't think that Degrassi would really go there again. Um, but, like, why, you know, was there never an ex a discussion about adoption? Like, obviously, Casey wasn't ready to be a father. I mean, Jenna didn't seem like she really, like, wanted to have a baby. Um, they just kind of, like, accepted that they were going to be parents, and I found it very confusing. Yeah, it's true. That, you know, they didn't hit all the options that's out there for, for teen parents, obviously. Um, you know, I mean... I think I think as a show who, who's always um, always about you know sending the right message. I think they definitely needed to touch upon it, you know, even if it wasn't even if it wasn't going to be an option for them, even though they were just kind of going to be, you know, the accepted parents or whatever. Um, but I mean, at least discuss it because you know it's uh, you know that option's out there for for others to know about. Yeah, like even if there was just one conversation with Casey and Jenna, or even with Jenna and her brother, or something, something to say that, like, you know, they were thinking about it, or they considered it, and then also, like, why they decided not to give the baby up for adoption, which, you know, that would be fine by me, like, um, I can accept that, and, I mean, perhaps the teen parent storyline for Casey and Jenna is going to get really interesting, um, but, yeah, just not mentioning it at all was a bit unrealistic to me. That's just what I thought. Yeah, same. Agree. Um, another thing, and I don't know if you've mentioned this, but I was kind of pissed off that they didn't say if the baby was a boy or a girl. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or they, or they exactly. didn't name it or anything. Like, it's kind of yeah. just like, yeah. oh, there's music playing and there's a baby and everybody's hovering over her. And I was like, oh, God. Well, yeah. Like, that whole scene at the end was just kind of like, 20 seconds thrown in, like, here's the baby, and now we're going to go back to Eli <laughs> to Claire. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. Yeah. It just, it wasn't really, it wasn't like a touching moment, it wasn't, didn't seem all that important, or anything. No. It's just, <laughs> just kind of like, thank God the baby's out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and now, like, there's no real idea what they're going to do next, or there's no yeah. plan, you know, 
Yeah, it makes me wonder what they're going to do for next season because, I mean, mm. you know, it kind of makes me feel bad for, you know, just Tyler and Sam Earl because, I mean, if they do if they do decide to keep the baby, if that was if that's their ultimate decision, then that's the plot lines that they're going to be siloed to for the rest of their time, you know, on the show. Um, you know, because, you know, what else could they do? It's, it's all going to be revolving around this baby. So, um, you know, I mean, unless they're just going to pull, you know, like a baby Jack and we're just going to see him every, you know, three seasons, you know. Um, but, you know, it's kind of... It's kind of. It'll be interesting to see what what they do with that. Oh, exactly. I think that that's the worst part for me. Like especially for Casey. Like I feel like there's so much more they could have done with his character. Yeah. But now he's pretty much just gonna have like the teen father character. Yeah. For the rest of the show. And you know, if they do pull a baby mm-hmm. Jack and like have the baby in the background, that would also annoy me because then I would be like, what the hell? Aren't you supposed to be parents? Like. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so I just can't see them doing that. A little disappointing there. But. Uh, finally, the uh, Holly J and Sav and Fiona storyline. The first part focused on Holly J and Sav breaking up, and then the second part focused on the Holly J and Fiona storyline. So, um, are you guys happy that Holly J and Sav broke up? Um, it was ki- kind of, you know, a shitty way that Holly J did it. Um, but, um, I guess, I guess, you know, she, she didn't like him anymore, so I guess she had to. So I wasn't, I wasn't really surprised there. I thought that it didn't make a whole lot of sense, though, for her to just not like him. Like, you know, as I was watching, I was kind of like, well, wouldn't this have been a problem all along? Like, you know, she just suddenly decides that she's not feeling the relationship or whatever. Um just kind of came out of nowhere to me. Whereas, like, the Eli and Claire breakup, you could, I thought you could see that coming a bit more so. Yeah, I agree with you, Erin. Um, it just came really, really fast, their breakup and everything, since it seemed like, you know, Sav was uh, there for Holly J when she had her illness, and it kind of was just like, oh, we're playing Boggle, but we're unhappy now, so we need to break up. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> I was happy about a couple of things with this storyline, though. I was happy that um, Sav was honest with his parents, so it wasn't just, like, redoing the Anya storyline. And I was also happy that they didn't have Declan be the reason for Sav and Holly J breaking up, because that would have mm-hmm. pissed me off. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I, I was so certain that Declan was going to be, like, the reason for this, so when he wasn't, I was relieved. Um, but, yeah, I just don't really see the point, other than, I guess, the writers want Holly J to be single at the beginning of season 11, so they just had to do this kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, you know, we knew for a while, we knew when they got together that, you know, that it was just going to be like, I mean, not, not a, you know, it was just going to be like a whatever type of relationship, like they weren't mm-hmm. exclusive with each other, or, or some agreement that they had that, that it, it was just going to be, you know, we're going to date until the end of school, and that's it. Um... You know, so I, you know, we kind of expected it to happen because, you know, before they graduated that, you know, they weren't going to obviously continue dating because they were going to go separate paths. So I guess I saw it coming, but um, 
I guess just not in the way that she did it. Like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was kind of mean. I mean, you'd think that Holly J would be more forward about it. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, she went about it in, like, a really roundabout way, which is not really like her. Yeah. Okay, so since uh, this was the last episode of Season 10, um, we're probably going to be doing some kind of, like, Season 10 recap review type podcast soon. Um, but just generally... How would you guys rate season 10 overall in comparison to other seasons, now that we've seen every episode? Um, you know, I definitely, and it was such a long season, I mean, there's just so, so many episodes to, you know, take in, you know, to consider and, you know, to take into account. Um, I definitely think this season has been better than others, but I'll, like, I'll always have favorite seasons that are above this one. So it's like it's like somewhere in the middle, maybe like like in the high towards the middle, but not my favorite. Uh, yeah, I definitely agree with you, Bianca. Um, I think this season has been kind of different compared to the other seasons, um, with the whole you know telenovela format and all that stuff. Um, it's not my favorite compared to let's say uh, season four, um, but. It's still pretty up there, but I think it's just because it's different from um, the older Next Generation storylines were, so it's hard to compare. Yeah, season 10, for me, it's, it's kind of like the season 3 of this generation. Like, you know, um, with uh, the Next Generation, season 1, you know, it, it kind of did okay, and yeah, the kids were cute and stuff. Um, season 2 started doing a little bit better. Uh, but then season three was when it really started to gain its own fan base apart from the old fans, and that's what I think happened mm -hmm. with season ten. Like, you have so many new fans now, and so many people who have embraced the new cast as their generation, as opposed to just being, like, the old fans, like us watching. Um, so, I think that season ten was a hugely successful season. I wouldn't say that it's my favorite, because, um, you know, I grew up with the old cast, so I still have more of an attachment to them. But... Um, you know, I'm just really happy that uh, Degrassi did so well this year, and you know, I'm sure that season 11 will just be exactly like season four, and it'll get bigger over the next couple of years. So, pretty exciting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, they they really did like they really did the right thing in terms of the season. You know, they really revamped the show, and you know, they you know they did a new format with the telenovela format, and you know, they really tried to you know to redo it with you know all the new characters and things like that. And, and it, you know, it worked. It worked really, really well this year. Um, you know, there's a whole there's a whole slew of new fans. Um, and it's exactly what they needed, you know, for the show not to die out. Um, they need to just keep reinventing themselves. And, I think the, and you're right. You know, season three was that, was that season in the beginning that did that. And, um, you know, it just goes to show the, the, the evolution of a long-standing series like this. And, you know, and, you know... The, the creation of, you know, of fans, you know, fans like us, so, um, you know, good job, <laughs> good season, I think. Mm -hmm. It's pretty amazing, because, like, most TV shows on their 10th season would, like, start to be going majorly downhill, yeah. right, and yeah. Degrassi just had one of its most successful seasons, and it's its 10th season, like, yeah, it's, it's kind of weird, crazy. it's kind of like Degrassi's a new show now, in some sense. 
Yeah, for sure. Yeah, true. I think that a lot of teen dramas are doing this whole, like, introducing a new generation of characters thing as opposed to following the characters in university, because, like, that's what Skins does, too, and it's also mm-hmm. been very successful for, for the British Skins as well. So, um, you know, it's working. I think more shows should yeah, do that. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> So now that Degrassi is on hiatus, and there's not going to be any more new episodes for a while, um, I don't know what you guys think, but in terms of, like, will we still be doing podcasts every week, um, you know, we're not sure at this point, I guess, if I can speak <laughs> for you guys. enough ideas. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, we'll definitely do one every time there's some kind of big season 11 news that comes out. And we'll probably do, like, a big season 10 review uh, show where we'll talk about all the storylines and characters. And hopefully have some more guests on as well and, and things like that. Um, but, yeah, you know, we've got, like, three months, is it, until new episodes airs? Yeah, you know. just about. So you might not be seeing podcast mouse every single week, but mm-hmm. we will do our best. <laughs> well, I mean, if you guys yeah. have any ideas as to what, a theme for us would be for one week, you know, just tweet us or email us um, at thegrassytalks at gmail.com or at, um, on Twitter, like at, at thegrassytalks. Yeah, for sure. We need all the suggestions. Yeah, and, you know, we definitely love the feedback. You know, thank you to everyone who's been, you know, sending in questions and, you know, really being responsive to this because, you know, I think the three of us just think that the three of us listen to this, (laughs) and and no one else does, so, you know, I've said it before, you know, um, it's nice to know that that it's not just us three listening to ourselves talk, and that you guys are actually listening to this and downloading um, our podcast, so, you know, it makes us want to do this every week for you guys. Um, So, yeah, any suggestions, like Ash said, just send them along. Hopefully, um... Hopefully we'll be able to continue these even though there's a hiatus. Yeah, exactly. Um, and we, you know, we could do... I'm trying to think of, like, things we could do. We could do, like, another fan experience one. Um, and I think the season 10 one will have to be in two parts. Because there's so much episodes to go over. Yeah, definitely. We could split that up. And we could also do um, podcasts about, like, the old seasons as well. Like, we haven't really talked very much about season 3, season 4, etc. Um... So it might be fun to kind of go through those and give our thoughts on the old characters as well. Alright, so do you guys have anything else you wanted to talk about? Um, oh, the new DVD cover for season 11 part... Oh, right. Yes, yes, let's mention this lastly. Season 10 part 1. Stop it, Sam. Sorry, I'm talking to my dog. Come here. (laughs) That's okay. So yeah, the um, DVD cover for season 10 has appeared on, I think, the Barnes & Noble website. Yeah. Yes. And for anyone who hasn't seen it yet, it's basically like a picture of Eli and Claire at the top, and then a few other characters on the bottom, <laughs> and it says Degrassi, season 10.1. <laughs> um, <laughs> so uh, what did you guys think about the uh, DVD cover? A.K.A. me. As I was talking, yeah, yeah I was yeah, talking no. to Aaron about it before, and I was like, it was like Eclair and the Degrassi gang, like it's like Eli and Claire in the clouds. 
and, and Adam isn't in on the cover, which I find so weird because he had, yes. you know, such a big storyline in the first part. Yeah, he had, like, the biggest plot, which is surprising to not see him, like, on the cover. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, even as an Eclair fan, like, even I'm kind of angry at this because, you know, I have all the other nine seasons of... of of DVDs and you know they're all ensemble cast covers not just you know a couple glorified on top and then the rest of the people on the bottom you know all group bunched together um so even I'm kind of pissed about that um not cool (laughs) not at all yeah I don't I don't know like did they think that this would sell more DVDs or something like that (laughs) um I'm really not sure but yeah I mean as much as you know I love I like Elaine Claire too but they're just two characters out of, like, 20 characters. And mm-hmm. I wouldn't say that they're more important or anything like that. There is no main character on Degrassi. The whole point of the show is that it's an ensemble. There's no, there isn't, like, a star or anything like that. It's, right. it's a group mm-hmm. effort. So just really disappointing in that sense. Yeah. yeah. I'm hoping there's another cover in Canada. <laughs> Probably won't happen, yeah, but I'm going to so. wish for it. <laughs> I don't think that's ever no, happened before, has so. it? Mm, I don't think so, no. Uh, yeah, no, it sound but... promising then, but... <laughs> <laughs> Alright, well, we've gone on long enough. We're almost at an hour, really? so... <laughs> on that note... Um, <laughs> uh, I guess we'll say goodbye to everybody, then. You offered goodbye. Okay. Alright, so we will be back. I don't know when the next podcast will be, but hopefully soon. And, you know, we've got some great things to talk about. So, and we'll talk to you guys, or you'll be listening to us <laughs> in the near future. <laughs> Alrighty. Okay, bye. bye everybody. Bye. Degrassi talks, Degrassi saves, Leonardo